what they're what they're trying to say is I treat people regardless of their color the same, but it doesn't come out as that. It comes out as I don't see color. And if you don't see color and like you mentioned, but but if you're specifically saying I don't I don't see color uh, because, you know, you're not black, you're my coworker. You know, that's not what we want. We we are different. We are unique. We are special. But that's what makes us special. Not because, you know, we, we shouldn't have to uh, all be alike in order to get along. You know, we should you should respect differences. You should respect different opinions. You know, you should treat us. We should treat each other, you know, the same but that don't necessarily mean you don't have to see color. You know, I think that's, I think. And differences are okay. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, AKA brother tech. And this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. And you're listening to the Snob OS Podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. So how was your week? How are things going for you? Uh, about the same. No huge difference. We're just literally in the upside down. So <laughs> so that's pretty much it. What's going on with you? Uh, nothing much, nothing much. Uh, tell us about your voting experience yesterday. I'm assuming you voted. Yeah, um, I had no problems. I was gonna. My plan was to be there at seven when they opened, so I'd be, you know, first in line on any issues. And then I was like, "That's too early. I'm not getting up." And I was like, "Oh crap! I hadn't finished all my research of my candidates. I like to go through the print out a sample ballot, and you know, go through all the candidates and go ahead and like mark them on my paper. So when I go in to vote, I can just kind of click, 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 and be out. So I left my house about ten. Um, the the, my polling precinct is literally like a half a mile from my house. So um, I could probably walk there, but I drove, of course. Um, I got there a little after 10, walked right up to the to the ladies, gave them my ID, did the little checking of the thing, signed my name, was given the card, went right up to the machine, voted, and I was walking out about 10-10. Okay. All right. Uh, for those who don't know. Uh, Georgia had their primary yesterday. Uh, looks like there was a lot of issues specifically, yes. specifically in Fulton County, DeKalb County, which are heavily uh, Gwinnett. African, yeah, and, and Gwinnett, which are um, heavily uh, Democratic areas and also heavily minority uh, minorities live in those areas. Um, there was a lot of issues, you know, locally and globally. You know, long lines, you know, uh, and I'm in DeKalb just to just to make that clear. So I'm in one of the counties that were having issues. But yeah. okay, Yeah. And um, there were long lines. A lot of the poll places changed at the last minute. So a lot of people were confused as to where they were going. A lot of the uh, the the people were not properly trained, according to the stories that I read. Uh, people mm-hmm. weren't trained on how to do the to assist uh, voters with the polls. Uh, a lot of the equipment was uh, inoperable, you know, shut down, so on and so forth. So this sounds odd, but for Georgia, this has been going on for all, at least a year. This is how mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams came lost. to right lost, and then kind mm-hmm. of came to power because when she ran for governor against uh, Kemp. 
uh, some of the who same, was a secretary of state at the time who, who is in control resign. who's in control of the voting um, of elections yeah <laughs> a, a control of elections in the state secretary of state so you know you can draw your own conclusions there but uh, as a result of her losing she went on to champion voting rights she went on to make sure that you know a lot of the places not just in Georgia but across the country that's one of her uh, things that she champions, which kind of drove her to popularity as a result of losing the race for governor in Georgia because of all of the election issues. So now fast forward a year later. Well, yeah, two years later. Yeah. Yeah. Two years later, fast forward two years later. And uh, now we're having the same issues, same issues she was having before. So uh, of and, course, go ahead. No, no I was going to say, and the, and the weird thing is that, you know, we are having these same issues again, but my biggest thing is the elections were pushed back because of Corona. So that gave them extra time to prepare. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like they didn't know this was coming. We have the elections around the same time, you yeah. know, every time. So, so, yeah, so we local, shouldn't be having these issues. Right. So local people are um, blaming the state. The state is blaming the local officials. And, you know, it's just a lot going on. So, of course, this is kind of like a uh, hopefully they can get this stuff sorted out for November because this is the first time, you know, George using this new voting, um, this new voting uh, the new voting machines and machines. and they're trying to do paper as a backup. So if the actual uh, numbers on the actual polling machines come up funny, then they can go to these uh, uh, paper ballots that once we made our elections, it spit out a piece of paper. We took that. We took that piece of paper to a uh, scanner for lack of a better term, put mm -hmm. that in. And that was almost like a backup of my vote. So if the polling yeah. machines break down, the numbers aren't right. They can go to this backup. So all that to say, you would think, like you mentioned with uh, Corona uh, postponing our uh, primary, you would think they would have all these sorted out. They have not. So that is raising eyebrows, to say the least. Yeah. And it was just really strange because, I mean, pretty much like every, you know, state in the in the in the country, you know, you kind of have the quote unquote have and have nots as a lot of, as a lot of, not a lot of of middle ground. So the issues that people were seeing is that in heavily black and brown neighborhoods, they were seeing these issues. So it just goes to show. I know some people are saying they didn't have many machines. I think my precinct had like six or seven. Um, machines. There was, you know, plenty of people there. It wasn't really an, an issue. And so when I talked to, cause I talk, I see the same polling people every time. It's the same people that, you know, work there. And, you know, they, I was like, has it been super busy? She's like, no, it hasn't been super busy yet. She's like, it's been, you know, a steady flow of people, but not, you know, super busy. So it just really, it is just really concerning that one, it's a new voting process, the voting machines. I was confused and I'm fairly tech savvy. And so when I went to use the machine, one, I didn't know it was new machines. And for the machines, you had to essentially double click for your vote. So you have the, the name, so you touch it and then it put like a dotted line or dots around your selection. But then you had to tap it again to get the check mark. Mm, that, so that may be a little different because uh, I'll admit where I am is not a <laughs> heavily <laughs> populated minority location. And uh, we didn't have that. I didn't have that at our 
polling machines at all. You use it. They gave us a little, um, gave us a little, uh, what do you call those things that you can touch the screens? Uh, yeah, the touch screen. I mean, no, the, the little stylus stylus. I can think of the word. Uh, they gave us oh. a little stylus. So, you know, so I had the stylus when I checked in, like when I signed my name and like did the verification of who I am, mm-hmm. I had the stylus, but I didn't have the stylus on the machine. Yeah. So you had a stylus on the actual voting machine? No, they, they told us to use the stylus and take it over to the polling machine to use that. Oh, to make the, they didn't right. tell us that. Yeah. So well, well, what I was getting to. We had to, a stylus, but they didn't tell us. Hmm. Interesting. Right. So what I was getting to was, um, we, I didn't see that you click the, your elect, your selection, it lit up green. You click next. You did, did your review to make sure all the ones you clicked were the ones that it selected. You selected, you know, complete ballot or print out ballot, just printed it out, went over to the scanner, put it right in, went on about my business. So just, that wasn't mine. Yeah. And, and just to mention Terrence is in a different County than I am. But you, I thought it was supposed to be the same machines everywhere. I didn't get that thing where I had to click twice at all, at all. Yeah. And I didn't have any green. Mine was all like black and gray mm-hmm. and white. So when I clicked the name, like I said, it was like dotted lines, like dots around my selection. So I figured, hey, I selected. So then I went to go and click next, but the next wasn't highlighted. And I was like, what the heck? Yeah. And so I touched it again. And that's when I got the check mark. I was like, oh, so it was essentially on my machine, you had to double click to make your selection. And then, of course, when you got to the end, it was a print va- ballot and it printed out the thing. And I checked to make sure that all of my selections were there. And then I took it to the guy and the guy put it in the machine and scanned it and I left. But interesting that you didn't have to double click. Nope. Nope. So all that to say huh. uh, the same issues. All about. Yeah. The, the same issues are happening. And hopefully. Uh, Georgia will get its act together uh, come November when we start to vote in the presidential and other major local um, uh, elections and in our I, area. So, and I am, and I'm super scared about that because it was just so blatant. The some people like you, me, and I talked to a couple other people. They didn't have any issues, and I talked to some of my other friend. Who was like, "Oh my God, you know there are people in line still at ten o'clock last night. Mm-hmm. They it had was to- taking some people eight five and seven and eight hours just to vote. Yep. They had the, a lot of people were having issues with the absentee ballots because that's what a lot of people they wanted didn't to get do. Them. They didn't get them. You know, there, there's but a then lot. The state said that 96% of the absentee ballots that were requested were sent. So my thing is who got those absentee ballots? Yeah, buddy. Like, so. are they going to be double? Is that going to be double counted? And I saw that Stacey Abrams tweeted. She was like, when she got her absentee ballot, the it the what she was supposed to send the envelope she was supposed to send it back in was sealed. So if you kind of tamper with it, they won't process it. So she couldn't even vote. She said she tried to steam it open. She tried all these things and she couldn't open it. So she eventually had to go and vote in person, even though she requested an absentee ballot. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people who didn't, you know, have requested them but didn't get them. So they end up still having to go in. And apparently on the website, you're supposed to be able to track your absentee ballot. So like once you send it back, apparently there are some barcodes or something where it's a tracking system where you can kind of follow your, your paper ballot to make sure that it gets counted. And that's why I honestly didn't do absentee is because I was like, I don't trust that my ballot is going to get counted and I was going to go early vote and I never got around to that. So I was like, well, I'll just go, you know, at the regular date and just be prepared. But if you look at some of the images 
um, that people were posting that were on the news, people were prepared. Like they had their stadium chairs, uh-huh. they had water and snacks and food. And I'm like, how did, where did they get the memo to even prepare like this? Like I, I would have never even thought to take a chair. Yeah. Cause people knew they knew what time it was. Cause they kind of knew there may be some funny business and Georgia did not disappoint. So, <laughs> and we were all over the news and the thing is about the city that I live in, it's really diverse. So we pretty much have, of course, a higher population of of white people, but we have um, a fairly equivalent when you add up all the POCs and black people, you know, it's kind of, you know, evenly matched. So it wasn't like it was, you know, strictly, you know, one race or the other, but I just in, in just DeKalb County alone, for it to have issues in the in the southern part of DeKalb County, but not issues in the northern part mm-hmm. of DeKalb County. So, you know, take it as you might. But I think now, I guess the only positive thing that comes from this is that the eye of everybody is now on Georgia. So hopefully come November, they'll have their act together. But I don't know. It's just so blatantly biased and uh, down here that I don't know if that will even make a difference or just or just slow. You know, let's just say for argument's sake, let's just say it's not biased and there's not a voter suppression um, act going on. Why? Why is why can't we get our act together? You know, it's, it's just we can odd. never get it together. You know, it's just odd, you know, and, and again, Considering that Atlanta is a major tech hub, Atlanta is a bustling, you know, ever the metropolis is very popular and populous and people are very aware of, you know, technology. It's not like, you know, it's a super small town out on the outlying of the state where where people may not have exposure. I mean, people got the exposure. People know what to do. Right. So But the fact that they can't get it together is very disconcerting. Right. So like like we mentioned, hopefully to get it together by November so we don't have any issues once we, you know, decide who is the next president going to be. So and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah. let's let's go ahead and get to the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. Um I found this story late, but it seems like it's Surprising, but not surprising that Apple is now worth one point five trillion dollars. You know, a lot of people were thinking that, you know, Corona and COVID-19 and all the stay at home and social distancing was going to shut a lot of businesses down, a lot of retail down. People were going to be saving money instead of spending money. But Mm -hmm. obviously not when it comes to Apple at all, because uh, (laughs) today I want to say today I'm reading this story from Ars Technica. Today, Apple became the first U.S. company to achieve one point five trillion dollar market capitalization. The stock surged even as investors began pulling back in many other areas of the economy. So. Uh, reading on to the story, it says reason given by investors for the optimi- optimism include anticipation of the launch of a 5G iPhone this fall, signs of strong app store sales and interest in the potential of ARM driven Macs, which is ARM is type of processor. I think they are using what are they using now? Um, is it the a bionic? 
Did it go up to? Well, the, the Mac. Are you Mac talking books. about the chip? Yeah, the oh, MacBooks. MacBooks. Yeah. Um, Intel. Why couldn't I think of the name Intel? <laughs> All pretty much most computers use Intel pr- uh, processors. It chips, but, yeah. Right now, Apple is thinking about going to ARM to bolster mobilization to where a lot of the mobile devices run on ARM. So if you've got a laptop running ARM, then there are even more interconnectivity and being able to create an app and use it on no matter what device you're running. So that's some of the rumor that Apple may be going to ARM in their uh, computers. So all of that added up, it looks like um, Apple is riding high, even when some of these other companies, you know, are not doing so hot. So I just thought I'd put that in there that Apple is still full steam ahead, even when supposedly the economy is not. Interesting. And I think, you know, with the market capital of, of app of Apple going up, I think it also leads credence to the fact that, you know, the NASDAQ has gone up. I think the S and P has gone up. So it's, it's very interesting to see that we're in the midst of this huge turmoil Yet, you know, the economy is still trending in a positive direction, which is is very strange to me. But they've also said that, you know, the the top one percent in this country has gained, you know, has increased their their net worth, you know, by billions over this time of Corona. So and uh, I mean, not just not just top one percent. I me and my (laughs) me and my wife are not the top one percent by (laughs) at all. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are looking to capitalize in general off Mm -hmm. of the negative or the downturn due to uh, coronavirus. I think a lot of people are like people who maybe did not or missed the boat, for lack of a better term, in the housing market crisis in 2008, 2009. They're making it. I think a lot of people are are ready for lack of a better term, and are looking to take advantage of this market. So as a result, even though, you know, jobs are being lost, you know, people are, uh, you know, adding to the employment numbers by the hundreds of thousands. I think there are people who are in a better position or are willing to, to brave this out in order to take advantage when things start to go back up. So when we start to go back outside and start to travel, start to spend money, I think a lot of people are the, the stock market doesn't reflect such a downturn because people are still kind of hanging in there because they just mm-hmm. know it's going to turn around very, very shortly. Right. And when it does, you'll be better in a, in a better position. So the rich get richer. So the people who, and I say rich get richer, that's a broad term. I'm not saying specifically, you know, rich people, but people who have the ability to take advantage of the situation, meaning they're buying more stocks, they're investing more in real estate, they're investing more in their 401ks because they, they have, they still have the ability to do that. So once everything kind of shifts back into a more normal, you know, sequence, they'll be even better off. Right. Which is why, so, which is why the market didn't tank in the first place. Cause people are hanging on because they know mm-hmm. it's going to turn in any minute now. Yeah. So, and they want to be prepared and uh, take advantage, you know, as much as they can to, to you know, help boost their portfolios and, and their investments. So, so, yeah, so it's, it can, you know, it's good for the people who can do that, yeah. but not so good for the folks who can't, but isn't that the way that capitalism is set up anyway? Such is life. Yep. Yep. So, 
All right. On to the next story. Uh, Apple is looking or maybe rumored to start offering um, monthly installments for more than just iPhones on the Apple card. So right now, if you want to buy a new iPhone in the Apple card, they'll give you interest free monthly installments. So if I wanted to, um, you know, the new iPhone 12 comes out and I want to put that on my Apple card, Apple will say, hey, you know, let's do this in 12 or 24 monthly installments. You pay it off within that time, no interest. Well, now they're looking to do that for iPad, Mac, and maybe even Apple Watch and some of the other devices uh, if you pay on an Apple card. Of course, um, you know, Apple is trying to bolster their uh, Apple card and their wallet app. So it makes sense for them to start to offer this 12 month. I, I said two, 24 months is actually just 12 months. Uh, the company will offer a 12 month interest free payment plan for iPads, Macs, the Apple Pencil, iPad keyboards, as well as the Mac XDR display monitor and six months with no interest for AirPods, Apple TV, HomePod and some of the other uh, smaller devices. Payments will be managed through the Apple card section of the wallet app on the iPhone and charges will be added to the customer's monthly Apple card bill. Apple started a similar program, of course, for iPhones last year, offering 24 months, no interest. Uh, of course, this kind of mirrors what everybody's doing, you know, like um, the wireless carriers now are doing these leasing programs to where you 24, 36 months, the device is yours and it's not some sort of contract. It's like you're just buy now, pay. Yeah. You know, what is it? Uh, uh, buy now, pay later <laughs> yeah. that everybody's doing. So, you know, again, Apple, like they are jumping into the fray for uh, anything in addition to iPhones. And it makes sense if, you know, AT&T or Sprint or Best Buy or whoever, you know, you're 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 buying your device from. If they will give you that plan, why wouldn't Apple do the same? Especially, you know, it'll it'll be twofold for them. They'll get the business from the device being sold and they'll get the business from the from the uses of the Apple card. So it makes sense. You got it. Let's see. What else we got? Have you tried to do the. uh the all lives matter in Siri. I have not. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen some people post about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen, you know, them doing the recording. I thought, Oh, that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those who don't know, um, Apple and, uh, Apple Siri and Google's voice assistant now includes black lives matter information. So basically when you say, Hey Siri, uh, do all lives matter? The voice assistant provides explanations to the black lives matter matter movement and encourages users to seek more information at black lives matter, black lives com. They also explain the phrase all lives matter. All lives matter has been used to criticize black lives matter. The move is just one of the multiple quick updates to assistance. Another, another coming in response to the coronavirus pandemic, which provides information about COVID-19. So you can see how some of these companies are, trying to support the cause and, you know, maybe small gestures, some in big gestures, some in small gestures, just as simple as making sure people understand specifically exactly what we mean when we say black lives matter. We don't mean to say black lives only matter. We don't mean to say black lives matter than yours. We're just going to be more inclusive and let people know that black lives matter also. So, right. So if you're saying all lives matter, black lives are included in that. So if black lives matter, then that does mean 
all lives matter, but it's not to denigrate any other race. And I think that's what the biggest issue is, is that people think, you know, and I, and I get why they think that because when other people, you know, say, you know, either white lives matter or white power or those type of things, they are saying those things typically, not in all cases, but typically to denigrate other races. But when black people say black lives matter, when people say black lives matter, they are just uplifting that particular race of people outside of not even, you know, having it parallel or intertwined with any other race. We're just calling attention to the black lives because right now in this country, it doesn't seem as if they matter that much. Right. Which is why the whole protests are going on, which is the whole systematic racism, so on and so on and so forth. We dealt with a lot of issues. Right. Yeah. We dealt with a lot of issues. And now we're saying, hey, you know, we're here. Recognize us, too. And that's all. So. So hat tip to hat tip to Apple and uh, Google's voice assistant for also (laughs) letting folks know what we mean by when we say what the deal is. Yeah. What we say black lives matter. So, yeah. And I'm looking. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you put that in there, but I'm I'm looking at the we were the 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 link that we'll have in the show notes is from the Daily Beast. And I'm scrolling down. And do I see what I think I'm saying on NASCAR? I guess we could talk about that in full of culture, but. That's just like wild to me. Um, I think I don't know. So I'm and we can probably talk about it a little bit later, but I'm kind of it's like, is that really how you think or is it get on the bandwagon? You know, right. It's just strange. We're really in the upside down. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah, that's all pretty right. much all I had for um, for the lowdown where we talk all things Apple, let's move into uh, second string where we talk technology in general. Uh, I only found a couple stories that I was interested in, but the first one being uh, IBM drops out of facial recognition development due to racial bias concerns. So for we've been talking a long time about stories about how, you know, it's been proven or shown that, you know, facial recognition, uh, racial bias can be uh, developed and coded inside of facial recognition to where it gives you a lot of false positives. Mm-hmm. There have been stories about people who have been uh, negatively identified as it relates to facial recognition. And again, you know, with this whole AI and machine learning, you know, that has to come from somewhere. And if we as a people are biased, whether it be racially, whether it be sexually, whether it be culturally, that is going to make its to way. Reflect. It's yeah. going to make its way into artificial intelligence and machine learning. So fast forward to now, fast forward to uh, George Floyd protests and all the things that's currently going on. IBM has decided to take a stand on mass surveillance. Um, IBM CEO Arvid Krishna hope I said his name correctly, announced that the company would no longer sell facial recognition services, calling for a national dialogue on whether it should be used at all. He also voiced support for a new bill aiming to reduce police violence and increase accountability. In a letter written written in support of the Justice and Policing Act, which we'll talk about a little bit later, (laughs) Krishna said, IBM firmly opposes and will not condone uses of any technology, including facial recognition technology offered by other vendors for mass surveillance, racial profiling, violations of basic human rights and freedoms or any purpose which is not consistent with our values and principles of trust 
and transparency. So I guess IBM has decided to, at the very least, take a serious look on how their technician could be or technology rather could be used to um, racial profiling, so on and so forth, if not sell it at all. So I want to get your opinion on that. Well, I think um, I I think that, you know, stepping back from it, um, I don't know how much that will help because I am is, you know, a fortune, you know, 100 company. Um, And I'm glad that he's definitely bringing it up and acknowledging that there is a bias, because when you think about it, whoever is doing the development, you're putting, you know, a piece of you into, you know, the logic that you're putting in there. And if you have one frame of reference, then that's you're going to go with what you know. And, you know, one simple example is, you know, um, using um, the soap dispensers. If you are a brown person or a black person and your hands are darker, when you put your hand under the machine, whether it's on the quote unquote white side or the brown side, it it they found that it was a lot harder for people to get soap out of the dispenser because when you do the sensors under the under the machine, it doesn't pick up your melanin. So that's just a very kind of basic example of some bias in um, AI that you wouldn't even really think that bias would go into. It's just a hand soap machine. You're just getting hand soap to clean your hands after you go to the bathroom or whatever the case may be. So I think that is, it's, it's important. And I'm glad that he's acknowledging that there is an issue with that. But I think the larger, the larger concern is with what this, what we've been talking about is systematic racism. This is something that's so embedded into our society that it's it's one of those things that people don't even really think about it. And you know, that's where unconscious bias comes in because it it it's it's not something that really people think is they're being racist or biased about. It's just we're just going about our day doing our thing and this is my experience and this is my lived life and you're putting that into your work. But without recognizing it or with recognizing it, you're cutting out a subsection of people and something that's supposed to be for everyone. Right. Who doesn't have that similar shared experience. Right. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, so, so that's kind of my take on it. And, and until we can truly confront those biases, which I think there is an awakening now and people are becoming more aware, even like I said, even if it isn't something as you know, overtly racist as calling somebody an N-word, you know, there are subtle microaggressions that we face in the workplace. There, there are certain biases that go into just things that we take for granted that it's just something that we use, you know, it's just hand soap. That shouldn't have anything to do with race or ethnicity because I mean it's just hand soap. But at the same time, there is you know, unconscious bias that is built into systems like that. And that's just one example on the lower tier, lower scale of things. So I just think that if more people, especially in positions as um, Arvid Krishna is, you know, bringing that to the awareness of people and talking about it and, and trying to figure out ways to combat that as we build different technologies is definitely trending in the right direction. 
Yep. Agreed. Speaking of major CEOs uh, putting their stamp on this new um, this new age we're in as it relates to you know race and racism in America and privilege and all that good stuff. Uh, Jack Dorsey, who is the CEO and founder of Twitter and Square, will honor Juneteenth as a actual company holiday. So this is one of those other, you know, um, I call it a microaggression that people don't know exist in American history. You know, a lot of people think Mm -hmm. of black history as something separate than American history, but actually black history is American history, American history. But the fact that a lot of people are not aware of something like Juneteenth, you know, says that there is a slight, if not overt hint of uh, bias in even how we teach history. So if you don't know about Juneteenth, um, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863 that declared all blacks were free of slavery. There was that that proximate pro, that proclamation for whatever reasons. There are stories about why it didn't reach or what took so long, but it took two years for the Emancipation Proclamation to actually reach the last of the slaves in Texas until 1865. So we celebrate Juneteenth on the June, the 19th, 19th, the June, which is what next, next week, next Thursday, um, that, yeah. that commemorates the last of the slaves that were actually freed in Texas. I think it's Galveston, Texas. I want to say Galveston, but, um, Anyway, yeah, but uh, uh, a lot of if you did not know that um, it's not uncommon that, you know, that and it's not taught. Right. Right. It's not uncommon because it's not taught. So black people know know it, but and not all of us 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 know it and not all of us celebrate, you know, uh, 4th of July is so ingrained in our everyday being that that's when we celebrate. Uh, our nation's independence, but of course, not all of us in our nation was free on July 4th. So, and uh, like I mentioned, going back in history, you know, that Juneteenth, you know, and other black history facts that are well a part of American history were not taught. So now, like I mentioned, fast forward now, there are companies trying to uh, at the very least recognize and, you know, uh, commemorate, you know, our history and Juneteenth is a significant one. So uh, again, hat tip to uh, Jack Dorsey of Twitter and square to actually make that a company holiday, which means people are off and they will get paid. It's not a quote unquote floating holiday that many companies, you know, the, the trick that a lot of companies do to say, Oh, well, you know, uh, to be more inclusive, you know, we'll give you two floating holidays. You pick which one you want, pick, pick which one you want to take, you know, but now Mm -hmm. in a dip, I don't know what the actual writing says, but in addition to, I'm assuming floating holidays, Twitter and square now get uh, Juneteenth as an actual paid holiday, similar to 4th of July, Columbus day, all the other, all the other uh, ones that that were actually, you know, America's actually recognized. So hopefully more companies will start to do that to where we can get our history actually taught, you know, and outside of February. Yeah. And I think um, if you go back and look at some of our old episodes, I think last year we did an episode where we extensively talked about Juneteenth. So, of course, if you can always do your Googles and find out about Juneteenth or you can also go back and listen to the episode and and get our, our take on it. But I mean, like, do I need to go and work for Twitter? They got permanent work from home now. 
they get, you know, Jew teeth off now. So I'm like, um, I don't know. Do you, you, I don't know. Do you, I need to go over there? Use all those degrees <laughs> that you got. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'll pick you up. <laughs> Do I need to go over there? Because Jack, I mean, he got a lot of crap, you know, over the years, especially as it relates to, uh, you know, Diversity. some of the harassment and racism and stuff on, on Twitter. So I I don't know if he's had some great awakening or well, he did. It's, I don't. Well, he was the one that went to Africa. They said, I'm moving to Africa for, and I don't know how long he stayed over there, but you know, he's, uh, you know, in just the show, you know, he shows like he's down. Like I said, we'll see, you know, if he does other things that, you know, helps diversity and inclusion specifically in, ch- in Twitter, uh, but as a globe, you know, as you, as a country as a whole, you know, starting to raise that awareness for people who look like him. But I mean, you know, he's I, been he's been doing the actions. I mean, right. you know, I ain't gonna say he's invited you know, to the was, cookout, but uh, right, you no, know, nobody else is. I'm not inviting nobody to the cookout. All <laughs> extra passes are revoked. For me, they always been revoked. I was like, I'm not giving no extra passes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he's definitely, you know. I always say faith without works is dead. So he's not just doing the talk. He's actually putting in actions to back up some of the things that he's been saying. You know, when you think about the little tag that he's putting on tweets that are, are proven to be, you know, fake news, you know, those things up through something like this, mm-hmm. where you have, you know, celebrating a holiday that is, you know, traditionally for just black people, but now it's something you know, for, for everybody, he's acknowledging that. So, you know, so far, you know, I'm always a little hesitant to give people too many props because then they always come back and and do something crazy. Mm -hmm. So I will say for where he is right now and what he's doing, he's, you know, my buzzword, he's on an upper trend. So, so yeah, good for him for this. Definitely. Yep. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully, like I said, people, you know, with some, with some, means and some affluence influence and some power can actually start to show their solidarity at the very least, but actually start to make some changes and make people start to recognize that, you know, we're all in this together. You know, that's all we yep. in the end, that's all we're looking for. You know, we want to see that at the table as well. So And I saw I want to say before before we move on that someone um posted on Twitter, they were like um, you know, everybody should be glad that we are only asking for equality instead of revenge. Yeah, that's so. a if you have not seen that and I'm at talking to you specifically, not necessarily. Well, of yeah. course, I'm talking to the podcasters, but there is that speech <laughs> uh, that that speech. I can't think of her, the young lady's name, but she has a speech to where somebody's interviewing her. And that's where the first time I heard that. And if you listen to her uh, speech, um I can't is, is it Kimberly? You're talking about Kimberly Jones? Yes, yeah, black lady. Um uh she's being interviewed and she's upset and she's explaining. Is she standing outside yes. under like a scaffolding? Yeah, she's she's I think stand- her name is Kimberly Jones. Yeah, and I mean that's the first time I heard where she said that, you know, you're lucky we're asking for equality instead of not in, in instead of revenge. And you listen to her whole it gives you chills. I I can only speak for myself. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's just I was just like, Wow, this is everybody put this in your black history lesson put this put this on the news yeah show amplify this because you could tell her passion about it and i mean not even just the passion in her voice but what she's saying is straight 
facts. Right. And for those, you know, we'll tr- I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. But um, I think somebody's asking her about the looting as a result, you know, as a yeah, result of the protesting, you know, and she's explaining why she doesn't care or why we shouldn't care as much about the looting. And she ref- she talks to the social contract. Uh, if you haven't seen Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah from the daily show, he gives a long speech in between one of his shows. I think you can find it on YouTube as it relates to the social contract, as it relates to America and the people who are supposed to protect us. And she refers to that. And she's basically, she's explaining why we shouldn't be concerned so much about looting. And then she goes into, to, into this nice spiel. Yeah. Her name is, Go ahead. her name is Kimberly Jones and her at it. Her at is at Kim Latrice Jones. So that's K I M L A T R I C E J O N E S. Yeah. That's her ad on Twitter. Yeah, so definitely check and that out. And she has it um, pinned to her. Yeah, she has it pinned to her to her um, Twitter. So. Yep. So yeah, definitely check that out, and we'll make sure we we'll find it and put it in the show notes. So uh, that is it for second string, where we talk all things tech, but we kind of <laughs> talk about a little bit of everything in between all those. <laughs> everything. <laughs> so that, all the things we want to talk about. Yeah, this is so, our show. We talk about what we want to talk about. Yeah. So now, now let's move to further culture to where we talk, you know, just all things social, all things cultural. Um, so let's talk about this um, Trump conspiracy conspiracy yeah, boy. That, he's, that he's floating out there. You know, so for those who don't know, you know, there was a uh, an older gentleman in Buffalo, New York, and he was approaching a crowd of police officers. Uh, we're not sure what the conversation he wanted to have. Some have alluded to the fact that he had a, one of the policemen's helmet in his hand. He was going to return it. You know, for whatever reason, he approached the police officers as they were marching. They pushed him. He stumbles and falls, hits his head on the pavement. You can see blood running out of his ears and back of his head. One of the policemen. Lots of blood. Yeah, like it's oozing out. Yeah. One of the policemen attempted to pick him up, but the other policemen stopped him, stopped the first policeman from helping him. And, um, of course it was caught on camera. What a disgrace. Everybody hates it. Everybody hates it. Except your boy, Donald Trump, who put out a tweet in your response boy. to this video. He says, and I quote, Buffalo protester shoved by police could be an Antifa provocateur. 75 year old Martin Guingo. I hope I said his name correctly was pushed away after appearing to scan police communications in order to black out the equipment uh, at O-A-N-N Anon, I think that's who that is I watched, he fell harder than was pushed was aiming scanner could be a setup question mark so according to Donald Trump he's saying that the guy was walking up to the police in order to distract him was a part of Antifa right And he was walking up to distract them so he could wave some device over their scanners to mess with their communications. And as a result, they had a, a, a scuffle and he fell harder than he was pushed. He tripped and fell, cracked his own head on the pavement, made his own head bleed Mm -hmm. in order to make it look worse than it already was. So I don't know. Um, He's basically called him LeBron James when he flops. Yeah, that's what he's basically saying. Yeah, the guy flopped. <laughs> you know, he's 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 getting posted up, flopped, fell, cracked his head open, and bled in order to make this a big issue. So, I mean, at this point, you know, uh, you, you just you don't want to ignore it. You don't want to put your head down. You don't want to say, "I just wish this guy go away." You know, 
or or obviously he's not or if you are a you know a trump supporter you know i'm i'm curious as to how you explain something specifically like this now i know you can put out you've got all these uh stats and you can pull out all of these alternate you know deflecting statements as to why you were supporting but just on something like this something as simple as this for him to as the president of the united states will put out something that this old this older gentleman was trying to disrupt the police by messing up their communications and then staged this accident on himself just to you know make it make the situation worse than it already is it's just it's just it's just it's absurd. It's absurd. It's ain't. It's it's. It, I'm at a loss for words, and it's just. I don't know. I I, I, I I just don't know. I mean, is is because I'm not racist, and I can't be racist. Is is that how is that how racism works? Is it really? Do you really hate a group of people because of their melanin content so much? that you would concoct a story that an older white man uh-huh. would forcibly flop himself on the ground and make his own head bleed, crack his own skull to possibly mess up the communication of the police. Like, I mean, re- even if it's, e- even if it's clearly that's what, it, e- even if it's, even that's what even even if that's what oh, uh, Anon is saying, why as a president are you b- listening to it? Why are you retweeting it? Why are you actually believing something as nonsensical, idiotic as that? It's just at the very least, if that's what you believe, keep it to yourself because you're the president of the United States. But the fact that he everything can't, don't deserve to go on the timeline. But the fact that he can't and it's just this things you know with the whole and you know just all his other tweets and the whole thing about um the injecting uh bleach into your body and disinfectant uh disinfectant the fact that Drinking you said it, it out even if he did even if even if he was just workshopping it and just you know spitballing ideas the fact that you said it out loud at a press conference you don't do that at a news conference <laughs> it's just you a do lot. that in your war room you do that in the group chat you right. do that you don't do it on the timeline. You don't do it in front of cameras, but he really thinks that what he's saying is smart. And that's the part that really, you know, just uh, he really thinks that what he's saying makes him sound smart. Like, I think his press secretary, um, I think because uh, Mitt Romney was uh, marching and saying Black Lives Matter and his um, press secretary was like, well, he'll say whatever, you know, paraphrasing he'll say whatever to you know to to get liked or whatever and he was like well you know the president won eight percent of the black vote do you know it's out of a hundred percent why would why would you even boast that like it, it just baffles me sometimes that some of the things that they say they really think it's good to say i just but at the same I'm just time so confused you know this brings out the best and it brings out the worst of us as well so there's a lot of people with a lot of things to say on social media and they are emboldened to say it, 
you know, so you you know, I, I'm not. And they getting out of the paint. These companies are getting but, rid of them. They are like but, getting them out of there. But the fact that they the fact still said it, saying it, right, right. You know, like I said, this is bringing out. You know, you see protesters, black, white, brown, yellow, whatever the case may be, but you also see the worst in people as well. So, I guess it's this is challenge. It's, yeah, it's the prime example. Right. Like, so. At a, Yep. So I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up as to who believes that, you know, outside of Trump. And I'm assuming a, a lot of people of do. do. Yep. It's a bunch of people do. Yep. So yeah. speaking of people yeah, believing just... things, <laughs> we got your boy, Terry Crews, oh, who well, uh, I don't know. Your who, boy. I don't know who he was talking to. I don't know what conversation he was having prior to this tweet, but he decided to keep it in the group chat. <laughs> I don't know if people are people are trying to be uh, be woke or trying to add to the conversation or trying to show support, but I don't know what or trying to sound smart. Yeah, you tell me what he said. This is what Terry Crews' tweet. He says, "Defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. Like it or not, we are all in this together." Um, first, first off, black supremacy. What is that? It's not a thing. That's not real. That's no, a fallacy. That we, is something that people use, racist people use to try and level the playing field. But that's not a real thing. Nobody I know it's has not. ever said black supremacy. We say equality, but we don't say black supremacy. And the fact that one that we're trying to do it without white people, I don't, I can't think of another I, I don't know any black people. How says, you dumb know, can you be, man? Right. We know that we're in this together. We know that we need each other. We black folks know in order to turn systemic racism around, in order to turn police brutality around, in order to to turn around all of these companies, we need allies. And those allies will need to trust that, you know, we are not going to enslave them. <laughs> Once we get this equality and, and it sounds like Terry Crews thinks or he knows people who are actually thinking that if they give black people equality, we're going to turn that into supremacy and we're then going to turn around and, and enslave white slaves. people. That's what it sounds like. That's what this tweet sounds like to me. And that that is idiotic. But I'm trying to figure out who's his audience. Who is his audience with this? It sounds like to me that his audience is black people. People, but eh. I don't know if you add this How? up. If you, if you add this tweet How's, up, if what? you add, all right, if you add this tweet up with him uh, not backing Gabrielle Union when she said she was sexually or not sexually, you know, uh, uh, sexual. Um, uh, uh, the reason why uh, discriminating, yeah, discrimination. I couldn't think of the word sexual discrimination was the reasons why she <laughs> left. Or, or wasn't renewed her contract with um, what's that song? America's Got Talent. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and she said yeah. she ex- she experienced you know uh, um, sexual discrimination and racial discrimination. Terry Crews comes behind her and says, "Yeah, I didn't experience none of that." Not, you know? not me, boss. <laughs> when in fact, when he <laughs> was a part of the whole Me Too movement, when he came out and said, you know, when was he was a, sex- when he was sexually assaulted, Gabrielle Union was one of the main people riding for him. And then when she turns around and has her own issue, the first one, he's he, he, he's my name is Bennett, and I ain't in it. So, right. Uh, and the thing is, now after all of this, he 
tweeted at her saying, you know, you know, let's he's trying to have now like a come to Jesus meeting moment with her. And, you know, I I looked at this the wrong way. And he's he's using George Floyd as a reason for doing that. So my thing is you couldn't take this woman's word for it like she took your word for it. You had to see a black man murdered. So a black man's death, you had to hear it or see it or get this feeling from a black man before you would believe this black woman that you work with, that you no. Right. I just. I... It's a lot. And then speaking of Rip, Mitt Romney, somebody in this story that I'm reading in USA Today, they kind of um, juxtaposed uh, Mitt Romney's uh, response. Mitt Romney put Black Lives Matter and showed a picture of him in the crowd protesting with people. Terry Crews tweet says uh, black people, we need to stop tripping because uh, without white people, we can't get this done. <laughs> It's like I mean, the responses that people are putting out there. It's just, it's just crazy. It's crazy. And the thing is, I'm not giving Mitt too much credit because he's still a birther and he still was doing his little dog whistles when he was running against uh, president Obama uh-huh. and he was still seeking that endorsement from, but, and got from Donald Trump. Right. So he don't get too much uh, shine for well, me. It's, you, it's no, good. You say something, but you, yeah, you're absolutely right. But the fact that he knows when and where to say stuff, <laughs> It's just like read right. the, read he the room. Knows how to read the room? <laughs> right. <laughs> read the room. That's it. Everybody, read the freaking room. Yeah. So it's just. I just. I mean, I wonder, but I and wonder. And somebody posted. But I but I wonder, wonder if that's what a lot of people, uh, white people specifically, who have all of these, uh, all of this opposition to Black Lives Matter to, you know, ending discrimination, you know, systematic racism. You know, a lot of people say, you know, well, I can't be racist because, you know, I've never enslaved anybody or, you know, my family, you know, we don't own slaves. You know, I I wonder, I wonder, talk about conspiracy theories, right? I wonder if a lot of that opposition is because they fear that if black people finally get or recognize their equality or their power that we're going to then turn around and take it out on white people. Is that, is that a plausible conspiracy amongst? I think it is. It is. I th- I think so. And I think that's where, you know, the big disconnect lies, lies. Black people just want equality. They just want to be able to go to school, get a job, you know, have a family, be safe. And on the flip side, I I think it's one of those things where you know what you've done to me and you're so fearful that I may do what you've done to me back to you. Right, right. And so it's on those things where I have to protect myself because God forbid someone treats me like a black person. I don't want to be treated that way. Right. And therein lies the, the whole thing. So I just... It's one of those things where people can't, don't seem to have empathy for anyone else. It's always one of those things where I have to protect what I have. I have to hoard what I have and not even being able to to say or to realize we can all have this. We can all, you know, have wealth. There's plenty of money. We can all have safety. There's plenty of that to go around. What you're feeling as a white person that you want for your life 
That's what black people want for their lives. That's what Asian people want for their lives. That's what Native Americans want for their lives. That's what the LGBTQ community wants for their lives. Everybody just wants to be able to live and be safe and prosperous and happy. And if this is the greatest country in the world, the most opportunity in the world, why is it okay for some people to have it and not everybody? It just, I don't, I just, I just don't know how they're missing that point of it, that we all want to be just treated as 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 decent human beings and right. all you have to do is treat other people decently right or acknowledge, and then we all win or acknowledge at the very least that uh people are different you know a lot of people say i can't see color we we're, yes, we don't you can. we don't we don't you want you it. we don't want you not to see color we want you to see our color and accept it <laughs> that's yeah it. And so. you do see color. And anybody who says they don't see color is lying. Well, you see color. Well, the, what they're. The, Unless what, you're colorblind and well, you don't. Well, but, what they're, what they're trying to say is I treat people regardless of their color the same. But it doesn't come out as that. It comes out as I don't see color. And if you don't see color and like you mentioned, but but if you're specifically saying I don't I don't see color. Uh, because, you know, you're not black, you're my coworker. You know, that's not what we want. We we are different. We are unique. We are special. But that's what makes us special. Not because, you know, we, we shouldn't have to uh, all be alike in order to get along. You know, we should you should respect differences. You should respect different opinions. You know, you should treat us. We should treat each other, you know, the same but that don't necessarily mean you don't have to see color. You know, I think that's, I think. And differences are okay. And I think it's. There's differences. Having differences is okay. Right. And I think it's doing too much, which leads us into our other story <laughs> in doing, mm-hmm. in, in, in doing too much. Um, did you see the, the wrong too much? Right. I right. saw it. It's a lot. So the Democrats God, and to make sure I give them props because a lot of people on Social media were kind of upset that we were giving these Democrats the business for doing this. They served. <laughs> yeah, they they <laughs> uh, earlier this week they um, passed or they introduced. Let me find the actual bill. They introduced the Justice in Policing Act of 2020 as a result of George Floyd, as a result of all these protests. And I'll just go ahead and read the actual bill uh, today, which is June 8th, which is was it? Two days ago mm-hmm. uh, con- or three days ago, if you're just now listening to this uh, congressional black caucus, a um, couple other people, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Chuck Schumer introduced the Justice and Policing Act of 2020. Uh, let me read the actual uh, the just the Justice and Policing Act of 2020 prohibits federal, state and local law enforcement from racial, religious and discriminatory profiling and mandates training on racial, religious and discriminatory profiling for all law enforcement bans, chokeholds, cartoid holds, which is I'm assuming around the neck and no knock warrants at the federal level. No knock warrants for those who don't know is how. Uh, Brianna Taylor was killed because the police were trying to serve a warrant. They didn't announce themselves, broke into the house. They tried to defend themselves because they didn't know who was at the door because it was a no knock warrant. So they didn't announce who they were. Brianna Taylor shot seven, eight times. Her boyfriend is still in jail and charged because he attempted to defend himself. So that's a no knock warrant. 
uh, bans chokeholds, cartoid holds, and no-knock warrants at the federal level and limits the transfer of military-grade equipment to state and local law enforcement, mandates the use of dashboard cameras and body cameras for federal uh, offices and requires state and local law enforcement to use existing federal funds to ensure the use and safety of body cameras, so on and so forth. There's a, a, a nice little bullet bullet list that will put a link to the actual bill in the show notes. So the Democrats decided that they wanted to introduce that bill, which is what we all are asking for. It's like, yes. like please, it's, we're looking for change. We need change at the top down. It starts from the top down. It don't start from black people being oppressed. It starts from the powers that be introducing legislation that creates equality. That's what we're all we're asking for. But no, not only did they mm-hmm. also do that, they also said, all right, well, we about to show out and decided that they were going to put on Kente cloth and do this nine minute kneel for George Floyd. So <laughs> and the the pictures that are spreading out looks like a bunch of mm. old white people Mm-mm-mm. showboating. That's what it looks mm. like. My my first question, my first issue is who greenlit who greenlit this? Of course, the the Congressional Black Caucus, which again consists of older politicians who back in the seventies, back in the eighties, Kente Cloth was this uh, African-American way of connecting to our African brothers and sisters, but Kente cloth is not African-American. So the fact that they decided it's they, Ghanaian, I believe. Right. So, it, so the idea that they put this on to, you know, to commemorate or to show solidarity for George Floyd, George Floyd is African-American. Kente cloth is African. So if, I mean, I would have preferred them do the electric slide or something else because that the Cupid shuffle that closely the wobble. right that more closely identifies with African American and then two it's just this too much we don't need the showboating we don't need the it's an the act of solidarity it's performative right it's the, performative activism the act of solidarity that we needed from our federal politicians and lawmakers is to introduce legislation you did it we love it. Keep it moving. That's all we need. All we the extra. <laughs> Go ahead. We didn't. We don't need you in Kentucky Claw. <laughs> we don't need you kneeling on in, Mar- in marble the floors. House. Marble floors. As old as y'all are, I'm no. I'm not ageism. Nancy but had, but Nancy had to get helped up. Y'all got bad knees. Come on now. Why are we? The why? thing is, what we what we need from you is to enact actual legislation that can change the course of what we're seeing. We have activists. We have people on the ground. Play your part. We've got young your folks. Part. We've got young folks with good knees that can get on, right. get on the ground for not, for, for eight minutes and, uh, you know, 30, 40 some odd seconds to, you know, stand in solidarity with George Floyd. And so we got, we, we, we got this. We need play your part, play your part, <laughs> pass the legislation. Again, <laughs> I've made sure to read the legislation before to let you know, we're proud of you. This is what we're looking for, but just, that's it. Just keep it. You would have got a nice hand clap of praise. Had you just stood up there, <laughs> made your proposal, not have this kente cloth and did your job. Right. Had you done that, you would have gotten all the props. But now we're diverted with the jokes, which are hella funny, with the memes that I'm cackling at. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate to bring some levity to the situation, but that's not what we need from you. Yep. We need leaders to lead. You are hired, you were elected, you are paid to enact legislation that is going to make this country better 
for everybody. Do right. that. Right. Do, so, do that. Yeah, we don't then, need this. Right. And then some people are on Facebook like, don't let this distract you from the fact that they passed legislation. I'm like, look. Too late. Y'all gonna Distracted. Get, they're going to get all the props and you're going to get all the smoke as well. <laughs> right. And I you could have had all the props, all the smoke you're getting. You it could have been just straight up props. Had you done this without the performative activism. We don't. Mm-hmm need this from you yeah and you had i I saw some other uh pictures from different angles you know your girl Mm. uh kamala harris was in there taking some of the with the pictures with the kente cloth she she had the kente cloth it's like don't come on cory booker was like nah right i didn't see i've been clowned enough (laughs) i didn't see him in none of those pictures he was like and his face he was like what the heck what is this right cory was not with it and i i applaud you cory because you, he's gotten a lot of smoke. He's gotten a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. He's been pulled up and down the timeline. But he said, "You won't get me yeah. this time, Satan." <laughs> you didn't catch me looking foolish in some kente cloth. Because <laughs> it looks foolish. Which, it just looks straight foolish. Again, kente cloth in and of itself. You know, uh, I think the reason why they decided to do it because, like I mentioned, politicians are. You know, the politicians. The members of the Congressional Black Caucus are, you know, older, old school black folks folks to where they were the people who were wearing the dashikis. They were the ones wearing the kente cloth back when Mm -hmm. it kind of first came out around the eight. I want to say late 70s, early 80s, because it was like a right because because it was a back then it was a commemorative, you know, like a we see y'all, you know, we connecting with our African roots, which is cool in and of itself. But again, like you mentioned, this is 2020. We need legislation. Quit all the show. Save that for church, because if you went to a black church and graduations and graduations, if you went to a black church on African attire day, when everybody came in their finest of kente cloth and prints to church Mm -hmm. or during black history month, or like you said, the stoles that you will see a lot of black students wear, where they go to a PWI, where they go to HBCU. They got the kente threaded into their class of whatever stole. So leave that over there with them. You stay (laughs) over here in your lane and write and pass these bills so that we don't Mm -hmm. need all of this. Yeah. Everybody play your part. Like you said, play your part. So, all right, well, that's it for, for the culture. Um, you know, for the hookup, this is where we, you know, give out any sort of tips. And only tip I can come out with this week was uh, check out title. Um, I've been trying to do my part to uh, buy, buy black because one of the ways that uh, black people can do our part in order to, you know, uh, uh, advance uh, socially is by economics. And one of the yep. ways we can do that is start to money su- talks, yep, money talks. So support black businesses. Uh, for those who don't know, Tidal is a streaming music service. It's been out for about three years now. Uh, it yep. was started and founded and is still majorly owned by uh, Jay-Z. Uh, yep. So, you know, I've been embedded, 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 embedded in Apple music service. I got it all through the house and all and all my devices. So, you know, this last week I decided to uh, uh, start a subscription service uh, for Tidal. And it's pretty good. You know, one of the things that I didn't think was going to happen that I was surprised at is the catalog and they've pretty yep. much all the stuff that I listen to on Apple music. I can easily find on title. The um, streaming quality is uh, on par. 
Uh, it integrates with some of my other music uh, systems that I have throughout the house. I currently use Sonos for my um, whole house music system. And I, you know, once I created my title streaming service account, I went into Sonos and uh, connected that to my uh, to my system to where at any time I could stream any of the music on title throughout my house and uh, definitely check it out. So if you're looking for ways, you know, whether you be African-American or 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 an ally, if you're looking for ways to support the movement, one of the ways you can do it is by supporting black owned businesses uh, title. If you are a techie and love Apple Music, check out title. So that's my hookup for the week. Yeah. And when title first came out, I immediately got it. I was like, I'm already paying for some of these other services because I have Spotify premium and all these things. And I was like, why not? So um, I've been on the title bandwagon for a while and you get the exclusive content from some of my faves first uh, yep. before it goes to the other sites. So, so one one of the cool things that title does is, you know, for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about these versus battles. So, you know, after every versus battle title has the entire playlist for you to listen to or add to your library immediately. So you don't have to go digging up and going to find all this music yourself. They automatically put it on there. So uh, hats out the title hat tip to hat tip to hat, hat tip to them. Geez, I need to get my words together um, <laughs> and, and check them out, especially if you're looking to support black owned businesses. Yeah. And if you're looking for something to watch, I know I've seen on Twitter that the help and the blind side were trending for people trying to watch things to find out about racism and black lives. Don't pick, don't don't pick, don't pick them. And I'm happy that Netflix has curated a list of things you can watch, meaning just mercy, meaning the 13th, meaning when they see us, meaning Malcolm X, meaning all of these actual culturally and factually correct accounts of black lives, watch those and not the ones that were created with the white savior complex, please. Yeah, Google, Google Thank that. You. Google, Google white savior complex. If you don't know what that means. So, um, we're not going to yeah. into, delve into no, it. Any, no, that'll take another, us on yeah. a whole nother thing, but yeah, <laughs> but definitely if you're looking for something to watch, I know that, um, I know that, um, Netflix has now created a section. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if it's I'm not sure if it's called Black Lives Matter, but I mean, when you go to your Netflix homepage, you'll see the outline. Also, Uber Eats, they have now a section that's devoted to black owned restaurants that is up top in the banner. If you want to support some um, black restaurants in your community, you can do that. There are lots of things on Twitter um, that are, are listing out restaurants um, in, um, in your, in your state, in your city, um, that are black owned restaurants. You can, there are also, um, um, images and, and lists of, um, black owned beauty products, um, chefs. I mean, pretty much if you want to be an ally and find a way to support, if you don't feel comfortable, say going out protesting, and if you want to be able to socially engage and to participate, there are a numerous ways that, that you can do that. And they are easily found out there in the social media and interweb streets. Yep. So definitely do any one of those. We definitely appreciate it. And 
I think that is it for this week. We're back down to our normal hour <laughs> or so show. We got to keep it. We, we go on these long tangents. So luckily we were able to keep this show just under, just at uh hour and 10. Uh, but definitely uh, that's it for the show this week. Uh, definitely download rate and review us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and Spotify. You can engage with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at snob OS cast. If you want to leave comments or suggestions, you can do so on the website. We're at snoboscast.com. And if you want to leave us an email, we're at snoboscast at gmail.com. So other than that, I think that is it this week. Peace. Peace. Bye.